If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're going to talk about prenups. Do you need one before you get married? What about after you get married? Joining me today is Teddy Ann Berry. She is a family law attorney with Divorce in Colorado. Welcome to the show, Teddy Ann. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. So my impression of a prenuptial agreement is, oh my God, my spouse thinks that the marriage is going to break up and wants to make sure that I don't get any of their money. Is that really what a prenuptial is about? It really isn't. You know, it really is a great way for couples to not only define what they have, what they're bringing into the marriage, not only assets, but debt as well. It's putting a plan together on how that's going to be, who's going to pay what and how it's going to be paid and from where those monies are coming from. Another big reason people do premarital agreements is, you know, in this day and age, there are a lot of second marriages. So now we have children to protect and save those assets and make a really clear plan on what's marital and what stays with my family. This is actually, everything you just said is a whole different twist on a way to think about a prenuptial. You see it in the media and all the law shows, LA Law, that was the big one, (laughs) that the only time anybody talked about a prenup was when there was a divorce going on and somebody was trying to break it because now they wanted money. But that is not what you deal with. A really great way to look at it is that advanced planning. It's it's insurance, right? It's insure the love is what I tell people. It's an insurance policy that you'll only need if things go south and basically your exit strategy before it starts, just like when you would start a business, right? Like you have to have that exit strategy with partners involved. So that's, it's a business negotiation that will eliminate the need for lawyers and litigation later is really how I look at it. But I love the part where you talk about, especially if somebody's coming into the partnership, into the marriage with debt. Right. Because I am one of those people, if they have more than $3,000 in debt, they are out the door. Yeah. I won't even date them. Like right. maybe I'm being too much of a stickler, but I worked really hard to become debt free myself. And I have no desire to take on somebody who hasn't taken care of their debt. Well, I mean, in fairness, these young professionals that I work with too, right? There's a, somebody already has a mortgage and owns a house and, you know, that's good debt, but it's still there. Student loans, astronomical. So if you're going to use marital funds to pay off those debts, is that person going to get reimbursed if you divorce in the next five years? If they contributed to your debt, it really has to do with contribution, right? And then the other big thing is maintenance, If we're coming into this marriage and we're both agreeing to work or one of us is going to stay home, then we need to carve that out before we get started. Like setting the expectations realistically. It's not just about what's yours is yours and what's mine is yours, right? It's a whole (laughs) different way of thinking about it. So I also have thought that mostly prenuptials would take place if one person has more money than the other or one person maybe is very famous. So my goal would be to marry Josh Groban, the singer, 
So if that didn't last and we get divorced and I go, hey, I want all your money from all the songs you did before we even met, right. that's kind of what I thought a prenuptial agreement might protect him against in case I was one of those money grubbers. Yeah, and it can. And, you know, another big ticket that couples overlook is mom and dad going to help you buy the new house? And if you divorce, are they going to get that down payment back? Or is that now a gift to a marriage that no longer exists? So you're talking about just regular everyday marriages. I mean, I was talking about, you know, marry the superstar. And you're saying prenups aren't just for people who are very rich. No, no, they definitely, I mean, there's still that connotation to it, but I will tell you every couple that I talk to, you know, that I get on the front side of it and not on the back side of it, I'm asking like, have you thought about a prenup? And it really is part of my public education to put out there. Like, let's ensure the love, like, let's put it in place. Let's have these really hard conversations. Like who stays in the house if you get have to separate? You can't put anything about the children in a prenup. It's strictly the financial issues. But there's a lot of that to protect, right? And then, especially young couples, they don't necessarily have an estate plan put in place either. So if you're trying to protect your stuff and it's not going to your spouse, it has to say that somewhere. Can prenuptial agreements help with estate planning, even if you never divorce, but, you know, you get to the end of your life and you do have kids by this point, can that prenup help with the estate planning? It's really advocating for clients to get both, right? So you get the prenup in place. What basically says, any earnings I make, I make. Anything that I don't put in a marital account is never considered marital. This is overseeing all the presumptions. So if you have that, the estate plan is different because it is more for family planning and everything else. So this really is about what's marital and what's not. Well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll go into, can you get a prenup after you're married? Is that called something else? So we'll be right back with mediator and author, Teddy Ann Berry. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show. If it affects your life in any way, money-wise, we're talking about it. And today we're talking about prenuptial agreements. It isn't just for the rich and famous. I did want to ask, what if I didn't get a prenup? I was just one of those people. I just, we fell in love and we're never going to get divorced. And then you get into the marriage and maybe a year or two in and and that rosiness has kind of worn off and you go, "Uh uh-oh we could have some financial issues here. Is it too late to get a prenuptial agreement? So after the marriage, they're known as postnuptial agreements. So as long as you aren't anticipating divorce. So often I do postnups for couples where one party all of a sudden has a spending habit that we need to address. Or one party to one spouse is now going to start a new business, right? With partners. So there has to be some real parameters around this business that I'm starting is not a marital asset. And I can't tell you how many divorces I do on my high-end asset cases where there's a business involved and now partner thinks half the business is his, right? So we have those situations that are easily avoidable with a postnuptial agreement. Let's say my partner turns out to be a gambler or just spends excessively with credit card debt. Could a postnup protect me against creditors coming after me to get their funds? 
so long as the card and the debts aren't in your name, right? So if one party is keeping those separate and you have a post up that says you indemnify me of any responsibility of any creditor that comes after you, then you have that contract to take to the creditors. So prenups and or postnups can be beneficial to both parties. And it, and again, it isn't just for the rich and famous. No, no. And I do have many of those cases that I do where one party definitely has more assets and more income and everything else. And then we've carved out. Well, if you had a great case where new wife is like, giving up her life to be travel partner and companion and do everything else, her sell her house. So it was basically putting all of her eggs in his basket. So we had to really negotiate and carve out, like, if you get divorced, here's how much you're still going to pay afterwards. So it's not just keeping it separate, but if this goes bad, how do we do that? What happens if we carved out that basket yep. and in the meantime, the couple that you referenced, what if the man made 10 times more money than anyone ever expected? And then the marriage does go south. Is there any way to renegotiate that or or the the wife, I'm assuming in this point, she only got out of it what she put in to begin with? No, a couple who's done a prenup or a postnup, and then there's a huge change of circumstances. Again, so long as they're not contemplating divorce, you can renegotiate that contract at any time. Okay. Yeah. And then you just basically rescind the previous one. I did have a friend who they did not get a prenup, but three days before the marriage, he came to her and said, oh, by the way, I own property and I need you to do a quit claim deed that you will never, ever get it if I die or you know, whatever. And she hadn't even thought about, oh, yeah, I'll be an owner of this property when we get married. Right. She almost called off the wedding. She didn't. What would you recommend if someone does that at the, like basically the last hour before they get married? Don't say anything. At that point, you're like, we can discuss a postnuptial after we enjoy our ceremony. And I'm happy to discuss that with you. But if you haven't been able to confer with counsel, and if you haven't had proper time to think about what you're signing, then it could be arguably coercion. And be put aside anyway. So it doesn't help the other party who forced her into signing that under surprise and duress. Oh, okay. So how much, okay, I'm getting married. Oh, Josh Gorbin and I, we just got engaged, by the way. So I'm coming to you. I need to get a prenup. What, right. what are the fees and how much does it cost to get one of these? I mean, every lawyer is different. But what I say, I usually quote a $2,500 retainer. And then I can't really tell you how in-depth that's going to be until I see the schedule of assets and debts that I have to try and negotiate and have the parties discussed, right? So I've I've been able to do it for as little as 500 because parties have their schedules, have exactly what they want, and I use my template done. I have other couples that it's a lot of negotiation to get to that final agreement. So if you're get planning a marriage, like you should start the prenup process six months in advance. So everything's well-known, right? Full disclosure is the big thing. Time to talk with counsels, the other one, and not under duress or coercion. Is that $2,500 retainer, does that seem to be about average in your field? It seems to be in where I am. I'm, I'm in Denver, Colorado, so that seems to be typical. 
I know every lawyer charges just a little bit different, but let's say you charge $250 an hour. That retainer would give me 10 hours worth of your time to go through everything and make out the contracts. If it only takes you five hours, you'll give me half that retainer back at the end of the whole deal? Yep, it's just an upfront payment for services. Okay, but then if things wind up being much more in-depth, then... Now I got to cough up a bit more money. Okay. Well, that's not too bad. What things would you recommend people do to get ready for a prenup? You have to be really clear on values, right? So whatever asset you have, you have to have a current value. Whatever investments you have, you have to have statements, current statements to show what that value is. And then usually if I'm taking three to four weeks to get this drafted, I even have clients update those numbers right before we sign because full disclosure is the the biggest component. So know what your assets are and know what your debt is. I think in that first segment, I asked what happens if the partner winds up making a lot more money and then we wind up divorcing. What if they've lost all their money, but the prenup said, you're going to give me a certain amount of money back, but we get divorced and that person has no money. What what happens? If If they didn't modify the contract and those are still the terms, then they'll be held to those terms. It's a binding contract. Wow. So just because you have a prenup doesn't mean you shouldn't ever readdress it after marriage, even if things are going perfectly. How often do you recommend doing that? Every five years? Basically anytime there's a major life change, right? So I've had couples that agreed in prenups, there's not going to be any maintenance, but then Four years later, mom's going to stay home with the babes now, right? So now there is, I'm sacrificing my career for you. This is different than when we signed as working partners together. So there's a lot in there. Teddy Ann Barry, you are a family law attorney, and you're also a mediator and an author. What books do you have out there? So I wrote the Do-It-Yourself Guide to Divorce in Colorado, where I basically take clients through having the conversation of divorce all the way to post-degree and what happens with life after divorce. So it's all the forms, it's how to put your financials together, and then how to draft your agreements if you don't want to meet with an attorney until you have everything ready and just want to do a consult, basically. If I do want to come to you for an actual prenup, do you only practice in the state of Colorado or can other people come to you for advice? I'm currently only licensed in Colorado, but I've, I have a network of colleagues that I work with in other states and have a great referral base if people need help. And where could people go to get that information? Yeah, our website's divorcingcolorado.com. Well, you may be seeing me. <laughs> All, right. With Josh. All right. Thank you so much, Teddy Ann Berry. Again, you're a family law attorney with Divorce in Colorado, but you're also a mediator and an author. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media. Money Making Sense on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.